Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. I'm Tom. And I'm Dave. We are back after Good evening, everybody. a little bit of time off. We actually haven't sat down and, and recorded just the three of us for a month now. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Yeah. Oh. It's been a minute. Our, our last episode <laughs> was Craig. Um, hopefully, everybody enjoyed that conversation. We have a lot that we've kind of done in the yeah. last yeah. month or so. Mm-hmm. Couple of so, trips to, to Brian's, our favorite place, and I think you're making another one tomorrow. Perhaps. Hopefully, yeah, we'll see. That'll be like three in a month. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Um, one of the first things I wanted to say, though, so I remember last time or the time before, whenever it was, we were talking about the uh, 3D printed motor mounts for the Ultrix. Yep. Um, there's a guy I work with has a 3D printer and stuff, and I was talking to him about him, and I I took one in to show him, and whatever. I, I don't know resins very well. Whatever the resin is that I use, it's a little bit rubbery. I mean, it's fine. Don't get me wrong. It, it works for what it is. Mm-hmm. But he bought some resin that is, uh, I think he says, like ABS-like. Hmm. So it's a harder type plastic. Like a polycarbonate or something like that, kind of? Sort of. Yeah, okay. he's got a couple of them in his hand. So Different I asked cool. him, I said, well, I, I'm curious to see what this is like. I said, if I send you a file, could you print me a couple of them? That way I can compare to what I've printed before. That way, you know, because... There's a lot of waste sometimes when you try and switch out resins and all that stuff. So it's just easier to give somebody else a file and have them print this. Especially if they're already printing right, with that printing resin. printing with that stuff. Yeah, gotcha. So he said, yeah, no problem. Send me the file. So I sent it to him and came to work the next day, and he handed me a bag of 46 of these things. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I said, what? I said, I needed two of them. I told him, I said, I, just two motors is all, all, all I needed. And he's like, well, I just filled the build plate with it. He said, don't worry about it. It was just as easy. Just copy everything and print. So I have 46 of these <laughs> motor mounts. I have used two. I set aside two for me to put on my Ultrix. I gave Dave two. So that takes me down to 42. So if anybody has things. the, not the UMX, but the big Ultrix. Ultrix 600. Uh, hit Ron up if you need motor mounts. Yeah, if you want a couple motor mounts, seriously, send me an email. I will mail you out a couple of them because it does me no good. <laughs> and do I don't just cool. want to throw them away. They and do. I just installed mine the other day. Well, I still might take mine off. I've I've only changed one out, so I still have one of the original ones on there that are, as we stated before, very small compared to these. Yeah. They are so, minuscule. Yeah. Interesting. 46 but of them. 40, 46, 42 of them that are just useless sitting, not doing anything. Okay. All right. Yeah, so if you guys need motor mounts for your Ultrix. Please. The big one. Let me know. Yeah, let Ron know. <laughs> So and they're else? so small, they'll be easy to mail. So it won't yeah, I'll, I'll just very much. ship them in a bag or whatever through the post office. Anyway, right on. What else? We made a couple trips to Brian's. Yeah, yeah. Tommy and I went up once. Yep. No, Dave and I went up once. All three of us went. Yeah, up. we all went. We up. all went up once. Yeah, because we took oh my Dave's God. vehicle. Remember? It's been so long. Yeah, it's been a while. We were all yeah, yeah. So Dave came home with more airplanes than I did. <laughs> Actually, I guess we took mine, didn't we? Yeah, we, we took were yours. Take yours but Reggie we, didn't come. But Reggie so that's didn't go right. Away, so that's right. Then we took. We mine. were going too late for him, and he ended up not going anyway. We left it. Weird. By the way, the last time we went, I just went with Crystal and Piper last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a few days ago. He got whiny when he found out that we were because he called right after we had left, and he's like, "Oh, you didn't tell me you were going, whatever." And then he was on speakerphone, and Crystal's like, "We just left. Drive on up." And he did. Awesome. So he met us up there. Good deal. Did he buy anything? Yeah. Yeah. He did. Nice. He, I don't remember if I've talked to you since then. But anyway, 
He oh, also, I think he posted pictures of whatever he bought on Discord. That's right. He. I was trying to think. I knew there was a way that you knew about it, but yeah. I knew it wasn't. And you told me he bought an air tractor. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He liked mine so much that he wanted to buy his own. He got a good deal on it. It is it was, a good flying airplane. It's a, a wonderful flying airplane. It was something I guess somebody didn't want and traded into Brian, and it was just sitting there and calling his name. So yeah, he came home with that. Yeah, he's yeah, been I buying up there a too. lot more airplanes than I have. Oh, <laughs> so I like how you say that now because you know what's coming. I do. <laughs> anyway, Dave actually has bought more airplanes than I have. Yeah, yeah but those weren't all for Dave, though. I, I bought one for myself. <laughs> Touche. One was a gift. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, got another stick for Daniel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's becoming a habit every time I go up to Brian's, I bring back a 30 airplane for, stick for Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully this is yeah. the last time, right? Yeah, hopefully this hopefully. is the last one, at least for a while. Hopefully. And what's sad is I it's I can't even remember what you got for him. Uh, it was one of the giant sticks, the Great oh, Plains right. Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's okay. Yeah. Had an older Zenoa 38 on it. Another one. Another one. Yeah. <laughs> another one. But the good thing them. is this is. Clearly, the Great Plains version. This is clearly we have an instruction so manual. It, the whole show. Yeah, you yeah you know where to put the CG and the so control you know ropes and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, good. do you think that it's possible that other airplane that you lost all control over with the elevator was too nose heavy? No, 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 because it took off fine. Yeah, I, I watched the takeoff. Okay, and it looked, something happened mid-flight. That was the only thing I could think of because it's just like you kept you ran out of elevator, you ran out of all control authority yeah okay well i don't want my to... assumption at this point is the only thing it could possibly be is the control horn was slipping on the servo that's the only possibility that i can think of at this point and there's really no good way to figure that out no yeah mm. yeah but anyway not to go over that again yeah what did you get dave for myself yeah i don't know <laughs> uh it is sometimes a, those are the most fun airplanes. What was it? Sixteen hundred millimeter, give or take, electric glider of some sort. Um, it's a laser cut kit. Nice looking airplane. Yeah, it's nice, beautiful little. Airplane. Do you remember it? No, I don't. The white one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. <laughs> well, you guys come home with so many airplanes. It's oh, hard stop to keep it! Track of them. I just saw it sitting in the back by the bathroom, and it looked lonely. And yeah, I remember like, now. How much do you want for this? Yeah, yeah. Good deal. Uh, look, to, from what I remember now, uh, looks like it's probably going to be a good flyer. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be fine. Yeah. And then what is the other one that he just told you you had to take? I have a free flight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is old. Yeah. Jetco uh, Thermic 70, 72, something like that. Yeah. The big Thermic. Uh, it means yeah, nothing to me other it's than neat seeing it. Because it's, it's neat. old. I think, um, but yeah, it's clearly, well, free flight. It was and one of those. So it had a fuse or something on it, right, that you're supposed to use? On, it on had, it? Uh, it was set up for a, uh, they call them a Tomy timer, um, just a little mechanical timer for a dethermalizer. It allowed the elevator to snap up and dethermalize the airplane so it didn't fly away. So it just would come down after a certain amount of time yeah. and who knows where. Yep. And you get to go for a walk, <laughs> which in my situation, I'm not really looking forward to. <laughs> Well, you're going to, I thought you said you were going to. Thinking about putting some ultra micro um, servos in it uh, just to make it RC assist. Mm-hmm. Basically still free flight, but yeah. yo, you're getting too far away. Come back. Yeah. I can't remember. Was that rubber powered? I can't remember. Uh, bungee launch. Bungee launch. Okay. 
Yeah. Wow. High start. Yep. Hey, I know somebody's got one of those. <laughs> if you don't mind the walking. And listen, take a golf cart with you. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing that. Um, so I was lucky enough when I went up to find that he did have one of the Erratics in stock. Mm-hmm. So I got to come home with a new Erratics. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the BNF. He only had the yeah. PNP version. So you were really looking fly. forward to that, too. And it does fly good. I know. Now that I've seen it fly. It's so much fun. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. So I, I ended up buying a receiver from him and stuff. And, and tried. so I tried to go to Horizon's website and download the files that you're supposed to just be able to load onto the receiver. And that way you don't have to do any setup. It's pretty much just ready to go. I'm going to be honest. I had a little bit of problems with that um, to where I ended up, like I couldn't get the programming the way I wanted it based on the what they had programmed already. Like one of the things that I did on that one, because I wasn't sure how much gain I wanted for AS3X, one of the things I was looking at online they said to do is put it, the gain adjustment on that back slider mm-hmm. so that when you're flying, you can control how much AS3X you have, how much gain you have on it. And I could not do that the way it was set up from the factory. So oh, I had really? to do a pretty much a, a wipe yeah. and then just, I mean, I guess no programming whatsoever on the receiver. Um, and I got it set up that way and that, it worked pretty well. Yeah, that's pretty slick to have the have the gain <clears throat> remotely controlled on the transmitter. Yeah. yeah. And not just on a switch now, it's on your rotary, so it's completely proportional which is yeah great. yeah well it's on the, the top rotary one i'm sorry it wasn't yeah. on the finger switch well either way yeah yeah, yeah the sliders i am constantly bumping those things i me don't, too don't <laughs> i don't think i'd put anything on there that i mm. my uh gyro that it's a uh, remote gain it's on the top right knob just yeah that's what mine's on too for the or the the thing on the erratics because mm-hmm. i'm constantly hearing mine beep yep beep because <laughs> i'm constantly moving that slider not even realizing it Ron's there, beeps a lot too, but not because you're hitting the side. I don't know why it beeps. Like you can just be sitting there and it just beeps. Like it's like And it's random too. It'll beep like three times in quick succession and then it won't beep for like five minutes. I know. And then it'll beep once. I'm and it's, it's it's kind of frustrating it's a little annoying. bit to be honest with exactly. you. I don't know. Because yours doesn't do it. No. It's just mine being special, I guess. I don't know what causes it. Well, maybe each IX twelve has its own personality and maybe that's why And mine's Ken Pankers to you in, in Morse code. Yeah, mine yeah, mine I don't know takes Morse forever code. to boot up and that's its personality and yours just likes to beep randomly. So yours is slow and mine's just obnoxious. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wonder where they get the personalities from. What? Um wait, what? <laughs> I think you just said I'm slow. That's okay. Oh, that's and not what obnoxious. I meant. <laughs> and he's obnoxious. That's right? what I was going for. <laughs> but anyway, when okay. we were up there also, I picked up a gas tank for my Telemaster. 40 ounces. 40 ounces. Yeah, that's a big one. Too big? No, not for that airplane. It'll be fine. Like I said before, for some reason in my mind, I scale it based on the size of the airplane. It's a big airplane, so I think it should have yeah. a big tank. Yep. But I have not got it put on yet because it's been hectic. There's always excuses I make. It fits nicely right up in the nose, though. It's actually it really good. For I mean, it's going it, to be so. a, a great site to put it. Great spot. Great spot to put it. Yeah. I don't know why I that. that. But anyway, you said. Yeah. A little tongue-tied. It's been a long week. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, I would treat it just like any other, you know, nitro or gas plane. Just put it right behind the firewall, just yeah. like we were talking about. And then I ended up. I did buy a DLE 55 RA. Nice. So we both have matching motors now. <laughs> um, and I also. Because I've heard you should do this, I bought the ring from Bjorn. You absolutely should. And we will one of these days. Yeah, I bought one too. Did I tell you I bought one? You oh, said you were going to. I ordered one, yeah. Did you? Yeah, it's at the house now. 
Nice. Yep. He's quick at shipping. He's very quick. Yeah, like, I got it yesterday. I was surprised. It took three days, I think, from the day I ordered it to the time it was delivered to my door. Yeah. Like, I wasn't in a hurry, but I guess some people, when you order those, might yeah. be. I think I actually submitted my order online Sunday, I think yeah. it was. And then showed up yeah, yesterday. Yeah, Wednesday. That's about so, right. Yep. Three days. Good deal. Amazing. Yeah, we'll do a video one of these days. On one of them. On how to install one, and I'll do a quick video on how to gap it properly. Yeah, I bought mine gapped. I was lazy. It's okay. I we'll, figured we'll check it anyway. Let it be done, but that's what I thought. Let yeah. him take care of the hard work, same price, <laughs> and then it's less for me to have to worry about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll get that installed and get that taken care of, and hopefully I can fly this plane before too long. Oh, Still got a few cool. things, but not a ton to do to it. We should take them both out together. Both telemasters, I mean. Oh, yeah. I, I still... be fun. Looking at that video... I know, I know. I need to work with the control services. I'm, I want you to take it home and just tighten... I know, we all have things going on, but I want to I tighten that up because we had a little bit too much play for yeah, me. Yeah, we should do that before I go. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That way it's... The long go? Yeah. The, yeah, okay. That way it's good for all summer. I agree. I agree a lot. Okay. We'll do that. Yep. I'll I'll make sure you do that, I guess <laughs> I should say. Um, okay. But yeah, so we can have telemaster flights or something like that. That would be fun. GoPro and hopefully footage too. Hopefully, with a big one, we can actually do some arrow towing. I would like that. I've never done that before. I've neither. I don't know how. I hard haven't it would even be. seen it, like except on like YouTube. Me neither. They have a big arrow tow event at Eli Field. I know we were supposed to go this year, last year. Something happened where I didn't even go. Yeah, like I don't remember what it was. I was out early, and then you decided not to go for some reason too. I forget what it was. I don't know. But either way, we got to make that. The telemaster, the twelve foot telemaster, is really, really close. Speaking of Eli Field, we'll we'll talk closer as as things get here. But if you guys, any of you guys, are close to Monticello, Illinois, which is almost smack dab in the middle of the state, um, a lot of events coming up out there this year. RC Fest. They've got the Eli Tow, which I think is the weekend after RC Fest. I don't have a list in front of me. I'm trying to think what else we talked about. There's that. There's a jet rally. There's a jet, jet rally. Or whatever it's called. There's a bunch of RC car stuff coming up, too. Uh, drag racing, they're doing all that kind of stuff there, too. Yeah, there's, there's, That's kind of cool. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> there's all in all, I think, about like Steve, 30. hope you're listening. Drag racing. <laughs> Different kind of drag racing. Know, but maybe. I mean, racing. you might be able to get the right looking car for that Camaro stuff. I'm sure you can. Anyway, um, if you can make it out, we'll talk about it as time comes closer, but it's definitely worth the drive to see RC Fest especially because they have, like Horizon has, all of their stuff there. Yeah. Airplanes, cars. All of it. Boats. They have a little moat thing set up that you can do boats in. Mm-hmm. Boat um, in the moat. A boat in the moat. Yeah. The boat. And it's just a lovely facility. I mean, it's a really nice facility. It is. Especially if you want to fly there. It's it's super, super nice. Yeah. Nice I mean, runway. paved runways. Yeah. yeah, paved runway, lots of space. Um, it's, it's almost like a, well, I shouldn't say that, but I'm going to anyway. It's almost like Mecca for people that have ever <laughs> I seen knew you like. Were say that. Yeah, it's for like the pilgrimage for people that have seen like all of Horizon's videos are shot there. I mean, you, yeah. it's just kind of neat to be at Eli Field and actually see the place and fly there. It's, it's like cool. being at a Horizon like commercial. Exactly. Yeah. Everything they and we, are currently producing will be there like yeah. for the events anyway and it's worth the trip i think we're lucky based on yeah. where we are honestly because like i said for me to get there is just under an hour yeah. and that's not a bad drive no that's not bad that's especially if easily you plan on doable. being there yeah for several hours to do some flying yeah it's not bad at all yep yeah that's yep. all i'm gonna say on that right okay now. like i said we'll talk about dates as they become yes. well as i have them in front of me like right. we it's all scheduled now and i don't have anything mm-hmm. in front of me. anyway um 
What's next? Oh, speaking of IX-12s, when we were talking about that earlier before I got sidetracked, (laughs) one of the things I found out that I'm sure I should have known, but I didn't, you know, so, okay, so the IX-12 has text-to-speech on it to where you can flip a switch and program it to say whatever that switch does. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also, and I think you can do it on the DX series. Like, I don't think the DX series, the Gen 2s, have text-to-speech, but I think you can set files. To yeah, play. I've done that. Mine has a custom file, and it says uh, speed break up, speed break brown, in my own goofy little voice. How cool is that? Like, why did I not know that? I have Piper now set up on her train report, on her everything for her airplane to say what's going on in her voice. Mm-hmm. That's cute. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I need so to I, figure out how to do that. I told it's easy, actually. Is it? It's very easy. We I mean, just, I have I have uh, <clears throat> voice commands assigned to certain switches, but it's the default voice. Yeah, which yeah. is what most of mine are. It would be cool if I had someone else's voice, though. You could have Lori do it. I could have you do it. Oh, hey, dumb guy. Me. Mm-hmm. Why did you flip that switch? <laughs> oh, you know, I just, genius idea. Oh. We take each other's transmitters for a week, program various voice commands <laughs> to switches, and then give them back without telling them what we did. But it has to be, there has to be a, a base rule on that to where you can't do anything backwards. Well, like right. you, it has to be. So the like this function has to be the function. Correct. Yes. Or they can be in whatever sort of that actually, language you would like to. I would get mine back the exact same because <laughs> you would have no clue how to do it. I know how to YouTube. I could figure That's it out. That's true. That's I ended up having to do that for. I figured it out on mine. It's been so many years I can't See? remember. But yeah, yeah. Well, I'm late to the game. Do that. I'm always late to the game on things. Hey, dummy! You collapse her down. <laughs> whatever. Reminds me, my uh, my old uh, GPS had a Yeti setting. Really? So, yes, instead of my British lady that speaks to me currently, Mm -hmm. it would be in Yeti gibberish, which I have no idea why you would use that setting because it was literally gibberish, but it was hilarious. Yeah. I always opted for the British chick. I always thought there should have been a rude setting on there. I thought there should have been a rude setting on there. Well, the British chick could get rude sometimes, too. But she never said anything that was rude. I mean, like, actually, like, berating the driver well, for, for missing yeah. a turn or something yeah, would be that's true. awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why are we making yet another U-turn? Yeah. Hey, dummy, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So that was fun. And the next thing on my list is not fun that I wanted to bring up. So we got to let's get somber for a moment. Okay. Um, Clarence Lee died. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. We, we meant to talk about that on the last time we all recorded it. We all yeah. forgot. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was something we actually needed to talk about a little bit, just because yeah. it's it's a sad occurrence. Yep. Um, I don't know what happened actually, but his wife and he both died a few days apart. A few days apart. Yeah. There was, I think, I was... some sort of accident in the house that. Yeah. But it's still it's it's too bad. What, yeah, it's what uh, very sad. I mean, the guy's a guy's a legend in the hobby. I mean, so he goes way back to the forties and fifties. You know, the guy's genius when it came to two-stroke engines and yeah it's really sad so did you ever get one i did did you i didn't so i got a brand new one uh, a clarence lee 61 uh which if uh if you don't know it's a kmb that was modified by clarence lee's hands uh-huh. uh himself and uh <clears throat> i bought a brand new one it was from another gentleman who had bought it from clarence lee so it doesn't have the letter in there with not my name on it but it does have the the letter in there from clarence to the owner of the who bought the engine. Yeah. So I did finally get one. I, I was late to the game, you know, when I finally uh, called and talked to his wife. He was, yeah, I remember that. He was not uh, 
he was not doing engines at that time, which snooze you lose, right? So, but I got one anyway. But did I remember right that it wasn't that he didn't want to do it? He couldn't get the engines anymore. Yeah, that yeah, was? he was having uh, he was having trouble sourcing some of the some of the components from yeah. Makoa at the time. Yeah, so uh, I believe was what the story I got from from uh, Mrs. Lee. Yeah, for some reason, like it kind of r- rings a bell now that you got one. For some reason, I yep. couldn't remember if you actually finally did. Yep. It's come across uh, one or it's not. safely in its uh, in its box in my collection. Good. And I've you know, people hit me up all the time. Oh, you should put it in this, or you should put it in that. And um, yeah, I probably should, but I'm not going to. You do whatever you want with it. Yep, I'm gonna so nice and safe in this little box. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a, and it's, it, I mean, it's such a special engine that it I It means I something to me, so, because I wanted one, you know, and I've always, you know, I remember when I first started flying, um, everything was nitro, right? Or, uh, or uh, there, there just wasn't electric, and there was small amount of gas, you know, big, you know, quadras and things like that. But, um, so when I first started getting in the hobby and you're getting subscriptions to the magazines, you know, like, flying models and, you know, model airplane news and RCM and all those. He always wrote the, you know, the columns in there for the, for the engines. And I always just, I read those like they were, I mean, cause <laughs> I'm a, cause I'm an engine guy and, yeah. you know, just reading like, and he, the detail that he would go into about, you know, why the porting is this way and how you measure the timing on a two stroke and all that kind of stuff. I learned all that stuff just by reading his columns and to have an engine that was, you know, customized by his hands just means a lot to me. So I'm not going to put that on an airplane. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you. Don't chance it. Yeah. Now, if you ever find a second one, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I could find a good quality, you know, good used one, even, um, I would absolutely put that on a something like a Chaos or. I say Chaos would be a perfect project. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, yeah, Chaoses are easy enough to build. You know, plans are everywhere, <laughs> and those are pretty simple airplane and good flying airplanes too. So if I find another like a used one or something, I'll do that yeah cool mm-hmm. like i said i just want to make sure we hit on that because that yeah. was something we were woefully um we missed yeah yeah those those you know the old guys like me and, and the older guys even than me um yeah that's definitely a you know a, a loss that uh, that's felt by a lot of folks and you know we uh will miss him yeah okay happier note now happier note we got the short video of Dave's rocket plane, the ME-163, <laughs> uploaded to YouTube and uh, also to Facebook. Yes. Um, yeah, if you, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Now, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, that video that we posted is, I mean, obviously that's what happened on the second attempt. With, but I'm telling you, the one I should have recorded was the first time it happened. First one. <laughs> boom. Yeah, it was, not a, it was not a fizzle and a kind of a pop. The first one was a... Actual explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we figured that the video we have was not actually the airplane, or the the rocket motor blowing up. It was the rocket motor blowing through the uh, stopper. Blasting through the fuselage, (laughs) yes. Uh, Still, it was an impressive short little video. It was only, I don't remember how many seconds it was, but not many. 32 seconds. Is that what it was? (laughs) Yes. Oh, I didn't even think it was. Oh, that that's long. well. I, I think I <laughs> slowed it down once, then played it like five times. So you've got three <laughs> three rockets leaving plus a takeoff, and then diagnosis at the end. Oh. Oh, okay. See, he he's seen that more than I have, and I'm the one that put it together. Yeah, that's been a while. So that's mm-hmm. the problem. Like, I my memory is just shot. I don't know why. <laughs> I tell you, for cell phone footage, that really looks good. Yeah, it's pretty dang good. Yeah, that Actually, was your phone, right? It was. That was yours because I yes, I because... had it too, and mine was like. 
you you had like literally I think a tenth of a second. <laughs> well, I mean the video is longer than that, but the the actual yes, the actual on, on in the screen. frame for about a tenth of a second. Well, because it just took it's hard off to so keep up weird. with that. It is. Well, that's yeah. I mean, it's so fast anyway. Out. Plus, it has a rocket motor on it. I mean, for goodness sake. I was zoomed out, and then in post, I was able to zoom in ah, to see a little bit more of it, which is why good. the video is not as great, but it worked. Good enough. Yeah, you can definitely see what happened. And I love the sound in slow motion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway. A hiss and then a pop. Was there a, I don't think there was a pop. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, to me, it reminded me of a, of a uh, I don't know what they like a bottle rocket. That's what it reminded me. Like a oh yeah, that a I can see that. Yeah, what it reminded me of. But the first one that was not on video when it was just Dave and I, that was a bang. I yeah. mean, it was literally. Well, I mean, no. Offense. Well, I mean, it blew the fuselage apart. Yeah. at the tail. Yeah, it did. No offense. There's no video, so you can't really prove it. <laughs> no proof. I know. <laughs> I mean, I was just so excited to see this thing take off and fire off with a rocket. I didn't even think about getting my camera. Well, the phone. firewall is now installed. It's not going to happen again. Hopefully we can make it out this weekend if we find a decent Saturday with low wind and yeah. not cold, cold. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to get that test flown again before I go through and patch all the heat damage and get it repainted. Yep. yep. That's a good idea. Yeah. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of this weekend, if the weather's decent, I think I'm going to maiden my electro streak. Same. What about you, Dave? I think mine's been ready to go for all at least right. a week now. Yeah. That's awesome. How, how's yours coming, Ron? That wasn't on the list of things to talk about. I'm not prepared. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I have not started. So that's on me. Well, that's okay. You have until March 1st, so, right? March 20th. Or March 20th. March 20th, I think, is spring. Okay. Well, you got, you know, I know. a month. I'm still trying to think. I want to do something different because I don't want to do the same thing. Like, I know I want mine to be slow because that's me, slow. Um, but I'm still not quite sure exactly what i want to do mm-hmm. i get that have you ever run the power figures on yours yet Not yet. okay i need to do that because mine were scary yeah yeah so dave's is finished and ready to fly um and he brought it over to the house my house the other night but it's been a week or so ago now mm. to to weigh it because i have a handy little dandy little scale uh 41 ounces 40, 43 43 ounces actually for as much as you've done to it, that's, in my opinion, that's pretty light. I mean, that, Still. yeah, I added a lot of extra weight. But what's really, really awesome about this airplane is the fact that, like, when you run it up to full throttle, it tries to, like, do everything it can to get out of your hands. It yeah. It so much power. It's it's scary. It's 800, like, 828 watts. <laughs> you fired it oh up my God. in my basement, and immediately it was a cloud of balsa dust in my basement <laughs> because of all the air this thing was moving. It slammed my uh, door shut. <laughs> well, it's got, what, a 35-inch prop or something on it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lawnmower blade. So it's funny you mentioned the wattage. We we covered it in an, uh, the electric motor episode, but like the average aerobatic plane is so many watts per pound, right? Right. Um, and yours is like, Four times that? Three times. Three times. So, yeah, it ought to be pretty fast. <laughs> I mean, I don't it's... think vertical's going to be a problem. <laughs> no. I think uh, torque could potentially torque be, could an definitely issue be an on issue. Takeoff. Yeah, you got to have to be careful with that throttle. Yeah, this is not a slam it to the firewall situation. This mm-hmm. is, this is ease it in. Mm-hmm. Seriously, though, what size prop is that? 13.8. Sorry. I couldn't help myself. 13.8. What's the wingspan? I don't remember. It's it's small. About half that. <laughs> yeah, I think 
I haven't measured mine, but I think stupid. I think it's like thirty three inches or something like that. No, it's more than that, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Uh, it's not much more than that. Maybe it's thirty. Well, no, I guess it is. I, I don't guess know. It's I had a, like it's a few 40-ish. inches longer than my thirty six inch scale, so it's you know right there around you know less than forty inches. But yeah, it's tiny. I don't know where my the wingspan is. Okay. Here. I, I think it's forty two, if I remember right. That's what I had yeah. in my mind. Okay, so for reference, the so. wingspan is shorter than the span of the tail on the twelve foot telemaster. <laughs> to give you an idea of the size of this little guy, and the prop folded almost touches the wing. Yeah, yeah, that's you it's impressive. Go much bigger. It's impressive. I can't wait. Well, it's going to be scary, but also very exciting. Now, just be careful the first time you fly it, because I want to get a picture of all of us with them, so don't do anything Well, you stupid. have to build yours for that. Well, that's why I said be careful the first time you fly it, so, so that it doesn't um, have issues. Yeah, I'm not planning on any high G things with this thing, because I don't want to pull it apart. No, but you know you're going to want to see how fast it is in a straight line. I'm, yeah, but I'm not going to give it a, take it up, push the nose over, and see yeah. what happens. We're not going to do that. I'm hoping. Well, that. not right away. Anyway. I'm, not right away. <laughs> not until I get mine built. <laughs> yeah, right. We know Dave folds wing. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. That, that yeah. hurts a little bit. I used two I mean, ounce fiberglass in the center, and then I fully glassed the wing. I'm I'm confident. Yeah, you've reinforced it in all the right places. I'm There's confident even it's not going to come apart. Yeah. And, yeah. It's made of steel and <laughs> whatever else. I am a little concerned about aileron flutter at high speed. Yeah. As you should be. Really. Actually, so, I'm sorry, if I can talk about mine real quick. I, uh, well, I can't talk about mine. I added sure. the lights, you know, in the wing. If, if you guys have been following Discord, you've, you've seen that process. But uh, I made a huge mistake, <coughs> and I did this. I didn't realize it until after I had already sheeted the wings. But I ran my lights right along the trailing edge stock. So there's no room for hinges, right? You know, because you usually mm. slot the trailing edge for the hinge. Yeah, the lights that. are right on the backside of that. So I did something I used to do way back in the day as I made a monocoat hinge for both ailerons. And let me tell you, that is super strong. Yeah. So I am not worried about flutter. Interesting. Yeah. I'm more worried about the flutter stripping the servo gears. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not worried about well, the At the speeds that yours is potentially going to be going, yes. And your ailerons are a little bit smaller than mine, too. So I think careful. Just be careful. Careful. And we got the tip plates <laughs> on there hoping to keep the yeah, airflow over that'll the That'll probably help. Yep. No vortex. So. But, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. I can't wait to see both of them, all three of them. Well, you're going to wait to see mine. It's Why? okay. It's okay. We'll get there. Yeah. So I'd, like to, say, I'd like to say I've been doing other things, but I have not been doing Well, you have. You've been buying airplanes. Shh. <laughs> I have not bought as many as I could have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm only up three this year, unless you count the one I got for Crystal, which I don't think you should. No, that'll be on Crystal's spreadsheet, okay. right? So I've only bought three for myself. Okay. I the the note I have from our episode, our last episode of 2022 says, and I quote, You don't have to quote it. I'm getting rid of planes next year with the intent to make the list uh, more refined, were your words. And then in quotes, I have net negative. So there you go. Can we just burn that or tear that up no. at this point? No, I that's think, my note. And I there's important it's... stuff on here like Joe Nall planning and Toledo. By the way, we're going to Toledo, everybody. Again, we are yeah. the four of us actually. Yeah. Um, Daniel will be coming Daniel. with us. Yep. Dave's brother is going to be making the trek, and mm-hmm. we're going to buy airplanes. Actually, no, yes, but <laughs> wait a minute. I, I was mean... like, you're going to buy airplanes. There's no I way plan. you're not going to buy airplanes. I don't know. We'll see. I I'm taking airplanes to, That's to what get I was rid gonna of. Say, you guys are actually, we're, we're getting a table. 
Um, pretty yeah, much we have a table. something for yeah. me just to sit under and not do anything on because it's... I'm not going to be selling anything. Um, but you guys are, what do you plan on taking? Like you're getting rid of some stuff. Yeah. Um, I think I'm taking my, uh, top flight 60 size, uh, P40 up. Oh, I, I hate to see you get rid of that cause it's just beautiful, but I understand. Yeah. I've got too much emotion in it. Mm-hmm. It needs to go away and somewhere I can't see it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it. Um, I've got that. I've got the uh, 40 size D7. I'm thinking probably it'll go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got a whole box of stuff I've started pulling together, including um, five starters. <laughs> so if anybody needs a starter, I'm kind of cornered to market on Sullivan starters right there now. There you go. Probably uh, make a good deal on it if you need one. Yep, <laughs> or five. I, yeah. I got like a GMS 25 in it. Uh, I don't know what else I've thrown in that box. I I have three ninety millimeter jet engines. So oh, the, there you go. Let EDFs. EDFs, yeah. Uh, two with speed control, one without. Ninety mil. That's a really popular size. I can't imagine you'll have any trouble with all getting rid of that. Yeah, and all this is going cheap. Yeah. Yep. See, I hate hearing that. This is when my hoarding self comes in. <laughs> well, you guys are more I'm than welcome to rummage in my box. Yeah, so I'm not even going to make it to Toledo, and Ron's already bought half the stuff I was planning on taking. No, but I do want one of the planes that you're talking about getting rid of. That's what I'm talking about. That's not half. <laughs> oh, that is half. You said you were taking a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what? I well, mean, so I'm going to take the uh, the pits. Uh, I did not fall in love with that like I anticipated that I would. So even though it flies Was great, that the Dave Patrick pits? No, no, no. This is the, uh, the Surmark, the red and white one. Dave Patrick's ultimate, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm an um, idiot. See, I don't know. No, that's know, okay. So okay. Yeah, you're not an idiot. Thank you. you. Just biplanes Appreciate aren't your that. thing, so you don't know them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, it's a good, great flying airplane. It's in pretty good shape. It has the YS-120 uh, on it. Uh, anyway, I'm going to take that. Uh, I'm going to take a couple of ARFs. Well, one ARF. <laughs> Haven't decided which one yet. I might take a couple of kits that I'm probably never going to build. Um, and then, yeah, like Dave, I'll be accumulating a box of just random stuff to take. To, to, to get rid of. And do you want to talk about what we're taking like from the podcast? Uh, yeah. I don't know what we're taking from the podcast. What do you mean? Well, if you're interested in building an electrostreak and you weren't in on the original oh. uh, purchase of the short kits, we may have a few available at the show. Possibly. I said may. May. I didn't say we will. Yeah. But we we're could. thinking about taking or cutting just a few of them, maybe yeah. four or five, something yeah. like that, and taking them up with us. I think I'm going to have Lori uh, make, a, make a few shirts to have available there, too. So mm-hmm. they'll be uh, not crazy expensive. You know, we'll try to get out what we have in them. But yeah. Yeah. A few shirts and some, hopefully, some short kits. Made by Lori. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be cool. Um, and stickers. We'll have stickers. Yeah. We'll have stickers, business so, cards, all that. Come see us and. But the real reason we're getting but, the booth is is really not so we can advertise the podcast. Let's be honest. Well, the reason I thought we were getting it might not be the reason that you guys had originally thought. Yeah, I'm not going to need a table to accumulate all the stuff I'm buying. I thought that's why we were getting it. <laughs> like, that's what we said last year. We should get a table so we have a place to put everything. Base operations so you don't have to go back and forth in yeah. the car so many times. Right. And now you guys are like, well, I'm not buying anything. I'm well, I didn't say stuff. I wasn't buying anything. Oh, no. This, I didn't this say is a that. swap meet. It's a swap meet. So mm. sell stuff to buy stuff. That's kind of what my motto, my mantra is for, for this trip. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't have anything. Cause, well, I mean, let's be honest. I don't have near what I had last year to spend. Me neither. Time. That's, so, well, so if I don't sell some stuff, I'm not buying some stuff, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I've got to uh, watch also, because like this year, Crystal's doing a, a couple trips for her work, mm. 
she's I don't even remember where she's going, but there's a couple convention things that are several day long things. And then honestly, Joe Nall is expensive. Yes, it is. Um, but I'm so, so excited. I can't. That. It's going to be yeah. so much fun. I sorry, I can't make. I'm it. sorry. I am actually very go. sorry. You can't make it either. Because I think, next year, if we go back, well, you know, he's got to accumulate leave. Well, that's I've got to accumulate leave, and then there's family members I have to think about. Keep in mind. Yeah. I mean, they have like dog sitters. Is there a thing like that for? Should I not have said no? <laughs> no. I get in that look. You're talking about like wife sitters? Is that what you're? That's kind of what I was thinking. I didn't know if that was a family I was talking about. Sorry if I was rude. Well, actually, that's not that far from Florida. Hmm. It's not. There you go. I mean, what, another eight-ish hours? Probably? I don't know. How far is Tampa? I don't know. Not, probably not even eight hours. Probably but, less than an airplane. I mean, we could take and make a drop and run and come back. Yeah. <laughs> Something to think about for maybe next yeah. year. Because we'll I'm sure bigger. once we are done with Joe Nall this year, we will we will probably be sold on it and want to do it again. I'm, I can imagine. As long as schedules work out, yeah. I can't imagine why not. Yeah. Perry's out for me this year. We've already Perry's out for us. So, but um, maybe next year. But maybe. yeah. So Jonal, do you? I mean, I don't know what else. Yeah, I'm. I'm super super excited. Uh, we've. Ron is so excited about Jonal that he bought an airplane just to specifically take for to Jonal. Well, I should have waited. Okay. I actually really should have waited. So here, <laughs> here's what happened. And this is one of the airplanes you made fun of me for buying. Because, long story short, Jeff Arsenault, I don't know if you guys remember us talking about him. I remember, him. yeah. I know you do. Oh, I meant our sorry. listeners. Um, well, you were looking at me. Should and I you close said, my eyes? And you said, I don't know if you remember. Like when, I said if I you look guys. at you, Dave, and I say, I don't know if you remember. I said you wouldn't guys. Wouldn't you think I... Did I say you guys? And I think I did this with my hand that nobody can see. Like the general, you get anyway. But anyway, we, <laughs> we need talked. the swirling music thing going. <laughs> we t- that was Halloween. Anyway, we talked to him about Joe Nall and stuff, and we've kind of, after we started talking about Joe Nall the the last time this year, and we said we were thinking about going. He reached out and said, "If you have any questions and stuff, let him know." And I think I don't know if you've been in touch with him or not, but I have a couple mm-hmm. times. No. Nope. One of the things he said was. Uh, to them, the best place to be is on the float line. I've never flown a plane with floats. Mm-hmm. I've only done it once. Well, I didn't have a plane with floats. Mm-hmm. So, well, of course, what do you do after you hear that? Well, you go online, you start looking. <laughs> E-Flight had a couple different options, and I didn't want anything expensive. Right. Like, because I knew that there's a lot of people going to be here. I wanted a plane that I don't care about, so if I lose it, then it's gone and I'm okay. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's replaceable. If something happens to it, this is still made. It's still replaceable. I have no yes, skin in the game. Yes, it's current production, yes. Having said that, Horizons out of the Twin Otter is what I what I honed in on at first. They had the, uh, oh, what was it, Turbo Timber, mm-hmm. I think is another one that came with floats. Okay. I think that was the one. I could be wrong. Um, and then the Twin Otter was another one that came with floats, and I really like the look of that. Um, it's a cool-looking airplane. I mean, it is. how can you not like it? So they were out of them with, I, I don't know if it was April or May, they're supposed to get them back in, which does me no good because May is when we're going to be going to Joe and all. Mm-hmm. So I kind of weighed my options on, do I wait to see if I can find anything in Toledo? But then it's like, what am I buying? Like, I, I won't have a lot of time to get it ready with all the other stuff we have to mm-hmm. do to get ready for Joe and all. Yes. So Brian, once again, saves the day, uh, went up there with Crystal and Piper, um, 
because Crystal wanted to look at more covering for her little mm-hmm. airplane she's making. Mm-hmm. And he had one in stock. He had one. One. Just one. He just didn't one. have a bunch. He had one. Mm-hmm. So that told me that I probably needed to buy it. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, you is, needed to buy it. There is nothing... Like, Crystal's cool about stuff. She really is. But there's just this uncomfortable feeling of having her behind you <laughs> when you're talking about buying a new airplane. When I, I think I might have said on the way up that I'm not buying an airplane. I, I think I, we say I that. I don't like think she ever believes me. Yeah. So that's okay. Plus, I have this note right here. <laughs> and so I asked her after I talked to Brian about price and all that kind of stuff. I said, honey, do you care if I buy this airplane? And she, of course, gives me the, I don't care what you do. Which sounds like it might be <laughs> a negative thing. But I actually think this time she really didn't it's care. It's fine. Think, it's fine. It's all fine. I think she expected that to happen she anyway. She probably did. Not only that. She's but smart. She's not a dummy. She was, and Piper was excited about it. She liked the look of the airplane. She'll probably never want to fly it because it's Piper. She goes hot to cold on things so quickly. But anyway, so... The nice thing about that is that the the batteries that it can take, I already have two of. Perfect. The three S twenty two hundreds, which I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. So ended up buying that, and then I just felt like I felt I was apologizing for some reason. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, honey. I wasn't like it's. And she just keeps telling me it's okay, but I just I don't know why it's like ingrained in me to feel bad. I don't know why. That's at all. weird. I mean, this is literally out of money. Especially coming from you, because you are you, you take people at their word, and if she says it's okay, then... I know, I do. So it's weird expect, to, for you to tell me that you were uncomfortable I know. after she said okay. I expect you to be honest with me, whoever you are. Yes. And what you say is, I'm not going to read between the lines. Right. If you tell me something, that mm-hmm. is how I how I read into it. That's why it surprises me. To, but I say. just, it, I, there's a little uncomfortable. A like feeling. I said, even though it was weird, because that money that it came out of is literally money set aside for <laughs> hobby funds. I mean, that's that's what yes. it's, it's blow money for that. Right. So, but anyway, we, we got it done. I think that was only like the first or third or fifth, whatever airplane I bought in front of her. <laughs> and there's just, there's just something when the actual dollar figure comes out. Yeah. And you can tell in her mind, she's like, oh, we could have done this or we could have done that. <laughs> but... Well, that's you reading between the lines. And I shouldn't have, which is why I think I'm going to stop doing that again. So I also... Oh, go ahead. Well, So I wanted to go back to the battery thing. So looking it up online, it said 3S2200 milliamp hour batteries. Had a couple of them, got it home, was reading the manual, and then it said you could use that. Or 3S3200 milliamp hour batteries. Here we go. 15,000 milliamp. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... Well, if it says I, you can use 3,300, I can probably put a 5,200 5, or 50. Uh, if, I why stop there? Why not put I don't a 6,000 in it? I probably could, honestly, if it would take a 4S. But so here's my thing, and this is this is where I, I I get myself in trouble because I overthink things, and then things get expensive and blah, blah, blah. So blah, the new 3,200 milliamp hour Spectrum G2 smart batteries mm, are those just sound expensive. $50 a piece. Mm. I mean... Not bad. Well, but now this is where we also get into problems. So they're a bigger battery. So if I want them to charge fast, which I do, I'm going to need to buy the other charger, another charger. But the part that makes this more uh, palatable, yeah, it makes more sense in my mind. Is the other airplane I was thinking about taking to Joan All, which I, 
I haven't fully decided on it yet. But anyway, is the old uh, uh, Super Sportster. I haven't flown that thing for years, and that's, that's a great, great airplane. flying airplane, yep. Yep. which we say about literally every airplane that we But fly. that one truly is. And that one is supposed to be flown on a 3,800 milliamp hour battery, and I don't have any of those. Figure 33. By the way, 33, I'm going down, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, so on, this, actually on this overpowering. Yes, I understand. Um, so I'll be able to use that battery for in that change. one also. Yeah. And that would also lower the amount of batteries I need to take with me. If sure. I could get away with only taking four, four. or five batteries, mm-hmm. yep. you know, whatever I have, if I buy two, it'd be four for those. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, then I, I think that would work out just fine mm-hmm. for what we have to fly, and I don't have to worry about lugging a bunch of stuff. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And we're taking the golf cart. Yes, we That's are. The other thing that we everybody I've talked to said you have to have a golf cart. And we looked. It's like 90 bucks a day to rent a golf cart. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes more sense just to bring mine. Mm-hmm. What I like about that, and I've got to do some things to it, we'll be able to charge our batteries right off of the golf cart while we're... You'll be able to charge your batteries. Well, why won't you? You're taking not, some electrics. I'm not taking electrics, no. You're not going to take like a little Ultrix or something like that? Nah. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm just taking the stick, man. Really? That's the only airplane? That's it. Really? I'm taking the stick because it's already set up for the GoPro. Yeah. So we can get video. I guess. Um, I have a set of floats that uh, Dave actually gave me a, a great idea to... The, the, for the Goldberg Ultimate. I'm sorry. Uh, Cub. Cub, thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and they're a perfect match for the 60-size stick. So uh, with some small changes to the fuselage, I'll be able to swap from, you know, tricycle to floats. So I'll be able to do it all with one airplane. Okay. And that's my I can plan. see that being a point. So that maybe I've got to read. Like, I really want to take a balsa plane. Like, there's just something yeah. in me that I want a balsa plane to go with me. I'm thinking of remotoring it for this, too. Really? Taking the OS off? Yeah. Put what on? I mean, I love that. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of plane-bearing engines, but uh, and that engine has been fantastic. But with the added what is weight it? and drag, it's an LA-40. Okay. I'm sorry. I take that back. It's an LA-65. Um, but with the added weight of the floats and the drag, I think a little more power might be in order. A couple more you, ponies. What do you think about putting on it? Well, I have all these YS-120s just sitting <laughs> around not doing nothing. That's when you know, we overpower. Right. So I'll... I'm thinking about putting one of those. So 828 gonna, watts later. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be spending on fuel what I spend on batteries. Easily, yes. Yeah. Okay. I guess that makes me feel But I, I do have you know quite a few gallons of that uh, YS2020 blend that's just sitting there, and I don't want it to go bad. Uh, you don't? And we're not going to be flying a tri-motor anytime soon. Oh, we have. So. I mean, that really upsets me. Well, I mean. And this year's out. Realistically. leaving, too. Yeah, realistically, that fuel is going to be sitting at least another year, so. I may as well use it. I, yeah. I'm, so that's, that's what I'm kind of thinking about doing with with the stick. Okay, that's a good idea. I think. I don't think a little more power with the floats and stuff is a bad thing. As long as it balances, you know, which it should. And see, I I almost would like to find a place to fly, like that little pond that's at our. Is that one that you I'm, can fly off of? I mentioned that to Dave, and he brought up a really good point. There's, well, go ahead, Dave. The approaches are really bad. Uh, trees, trees and very tall um, weeds. weeds. Uh, yeah. The approach, I've looked at that several times, and it's like, mm, no. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if there was... But, a, I mean, we have we Lake Sprinkler. There's plenty of oh, places. I didn't think and that. we have a pontoon boat. And Dave has access to it. I actually uh, think back in the nature preserve area where there's no boat traffic. Yep. And it's very shallow there, by the way. Uh, Perfect It for typically is about three foot deep. Yep. So that'd be ideal if we have to retrieve something. Mm-hmm. Well, it should all float, right? 
I mean, are you wanting to fly yours first? I would like to, yeah. yeah. But if I, I mean, you know, we're looking at May. I'm not sure we'll have. Time I know to be time on the is. Lake I mean, time before is. then, but it's even amazing if we don't, how fast time is going. As long as it balances. I was gonna say, especially with Toledo and all that stuff too coming up. We're right, and I have several, you know, a couple of other work trips. Like I want to be gone most of March. Oh my gosh! So, so yeah, we can grab the pontoon boat pretty much any time we want, and yeah, okay. But anyway. We'll, yeah, we'll Joe and all, that we're excited. I am super excited. We'll talk about it again as it gets closer. Yes. Because you won't be able to not hear us talk about it. We're going to get excited. I know. And as we get more stuff planned out, like we're officially signed up as pilots. Yep. But we don't yet have camping stuff taken care of. We're going to camp on site. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody I've heard from says camp on site is a must and golf cart is a must. Those are the two things that literally everybody I have talked to, which is like, not two. a lot. No, it's more than two. <laughs> Might be three. But anyway, they said that's that's the best way to do it yeah. because the place, I guess, is just big. It's good. It's good to have that gouge ahead of time because, yeah, I mean, I would assume most folks that have gone the first time without it would just show up and be like, okay, we've got a hotel that's fifteen miles or whatever it is away. Yeah, yeah. This way is going to be way better, and it's twenty four hour flying. Yeah. I mean like you might want to think about taking that tiny Ultrix. Or the or the Electro Streak if it if it proves to be a nice flyer cuz mine's lit. I know. Mine will be. Okay. If it ever gets built. Right on. Uh what else? Oh, What's we went next? we went flying. Remember going flying? We did. Yeah, that was a while ago, but yeah. This is so my my list is just like out of order now. Um <laughs> but that's okay. Joe Noll wasn't supposed to come till later, but you know what? We we're excited. Um, but yeah, so I finally got to fly the Lazy V. I will admit, Dave, Tommy, <laughs> you were Here both. it comes. You were like both flying correct. a rubber band. No, you were both correct. Oh, yeah, I get you now. Um, and the fact that I should have uh, steadied my control rods a little bit better than I did, it Supported. flew. Supported them. Supported them along the, the so I use the the nye rods. Is that what they're called? With mm-hmm. tube and tube. Them. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, I didn't set those up right. Um, I'd never done it before, so I figured it was okay. You guys told me it wasn't, and I honestly forgot before it was time to go out. And then it flies okay, low throttle. Oh which yeah. Which it doesn't need much. No, more it doesn't. Low throttle. It's a fun slow flyer, but as soon as you get going too fast, it starts to do the little porpoise thing because. It, the control horns aren't really strong enough. Um, but I'm very... The push rods. Push rods. Sorry. I'm happy I split the elevator. Oh, yeah. Because that actually gives you some aileron control. That's yeah, pretty that. neat, yeah. And it was it, it flies well. I think it's going to be a lot more fun to fly once I get it fixed. Yeah, once you fix it. And that. I can't wait to do that and get it back out. Yep. Um, so I flew that one. You saw it looks it. cool. It looks cool in the it, air, it's too. It's a bee. Come on. It's how, yeah. cool. How can you not like it? It's so yeah. ugly. It needs but, windows, though. I'm not done yet. Okay. Like, I know. I want to do that, and I actually want to get a mount inside so I can put a camera in it, and I also want to somehow find a pilot for it. Um, but, yeah, so I flew that one. You saw the erratics fly when we were out there. I got mm-hmm. several. Well, no. Actually, that was when I just got a couple flights in on that. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. That was the day. It just hit me. I charged my darn transmitter. Oh, yeah. The whole night. And well, I even, you thought you charged it. I Well, I uh, so I even texted you and said, hey, don't forget to charge your transmitter. <laughs> and you're like, it's on, it's on the charge. Don't worry. And so on the way out there, I know it takes a little bit of time to boot up. Not as much time as mine, but yeah. So I thought, well, it's 
cold and it's not yet windy. Tommy's still putting, because you were already out there by the time mm-hmm. I was on the way out, and I, I knew you were still putting your stuff together, mm-hmm. and I thought, I'm going to go out there and just get a couple flights in quick so I can start adding to my number <laughs> and actually start getting some flights in, because yeah. I've been trying as much as I can to fly. Yes. It would not turn on. There was no charge in the battery. Like, I don't know what happened to where it just That's... drained itself or something instead of charging. So... You were good enough to let a, or let me switch batteries back and forth, and it was a lot of playing with, uh, are you finished with the transmitter? Let me turn it off and use your battery in mine, and then yeah. charging mine while it was in yours. And we couldn't fly like simultaneously, so that because uh, <laughs> you had the battery for my transmitter and yours, and then yeah. whenever I need to fly, then yeah. And it was cold. <clears throat> it was cold. Which didn't help much either, but we made it through. Um, <clears throat> makes me Excuse sad me. I missed this I clown got- show. Yeah, it was pretty bad. We're it the was, only two out there. Yeah, that part of it was nice, but it was really cold. I mean, like five minutes was of flying was enough for me. My hands were numb and, and sore, and then we'd have to sit in the car and warm them up. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, it it got colder and windier as the yeah. day went on, so that's why we we got out to the field at seven. Seven <laughs> um, to try and beat that because as you watch the weather, it was supposed to get windier and windier as the day went on. Yeah. So. Yep. It happened. It, it was okay. But I also flew the Miss Vintage. I hadn't done that one since last year. I wanted to get a couple of flights on that. Only got one. Um, once again, it was just the the weather and stuff we were dealing with. But that's a good flying airplane, too. It is. As we say about I like that once one. Once again, most of them. I really do like that um, one. That we fly. Hopefully, if you ever get rid of that one, it won't leave like the, the group. collection. Yeah. yeah. That's a good flying airplane. You know I don't get rid of things, so it probably won't happen. Which is fine. Just don't crash it. I'd well, be I very sad because it I, flies good. If I was to crash that plane, and I like the current color, I know you don't like it, but I like the transparent red with the with the stained wood. I think it looks really sharp. I think that was the way it was designed to be, so that might be how it gets left. Maybe nice. I mean, I I'm not doing anything with it now, yeah. even though there's clear packaging tape holding it together well, in some of the spots because it's it's just a plane like that. Yes. Um. But yeah, it flies good. So that was our day on that. Would you fly? I took the big S box. The big guy, and I did not forget the fuel this time, so <laughs> I actually got uh, had some trouble getting it going. Though I mean, I I don't remember that one being easy to flood, but it flooded quite easily. I, yeah. I consider, but once I got it going, yeah, we got what four? I think I need to update my spreadsheet, but I got four flights, um, and so that tank is good for at least thirty minutes. Yeah, which by the way, that's a twenty-four ounce tank. And what? Just so you 50 know. cc? It's a, well, it's a 40 cc twin, but yeah, 50 So that's different. <laughs> that probably uses a lot less fuel. Sure. Because that means it's two 20s. Sure. Sure. Twins are really efficient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shh. Gosh. God. <laughs> anyway. Oh, on that Lazy Bee, I, when I got it, it had a 12.6 propeller on it. I don't know how it flew that. I, I put the four cell battery on it that the guy said it took, mm-hmm. and there was like no thrust whatsoever. So I don't know how they flew it on that. So I ended up changing it out to a a 1412, mm-hmm. and it's a huge difference. Yep. And even with that one, it's only pulling 36 amps. It's got plenty of go. I mean, like, you were nice enough to let me take the sticks for a flight, which it was awful. Your landing was much better than mine. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, it has it plenty, matter. plenty of power. Like, I can't imagine you flying it. At much more than quarter throttle, to be honest. Which makes me think that maybe that twelve seven or twelve six, whatever it was, would have been enough. Maybe, yeah. Like a wide open, maybe it sounds cool, but like it's not going anywhere. Yeah, that was the <laughs> other thing. I didn't want something that would be 
super like fast. Yeah, I oh, it's definitely not that RPM. And with 4s, it only turned to like 4,500 RPM, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> there's That's not much. A little in. on the slow side. Yeah. If, is it got plenty of power though? I mean, you okay? Excuse me, I need a drink. Yeah. Continue to talk. But yeah, it has uh, has plenty of power. Um, but yeah, you need to fix the push rods. So, yeah, we that make it a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't fun above half throttle. To be honest, it wasn't fun to fly. Because I want to get it to where I don't have to worry about anything with that. To where it's just a easy Sunday flyer. For yep. Should it should get there? It should get there if you fix the push rods and stuff. Yeah, and the nice thing about putting it together too is that you know the wing has no ailerons on it, mm-hmm. so it's a very simple two bolts that hold the wing on. You don't hook any electronics mm-hmm. up. It's and you got the cool little battery tray that you made that slides gold. right in. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. I like it. Yep. What Be a else? good one. What else should we talk about? Um, I don't know. At some point, we're probably going to talk about covering, huh? You want to talk about covering now? Let's Is there anything left on your list? I don't think so. I think we <laughs> we covered most. Of oh, I tell you what. One oh, other, ahead. one yeah. other really quick thing. So when I was working on that, the lazy bee, I used a tack, you know, to figure out what the RPM was in my basement. <laughs> okay. Why are you laughing? How does that work? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I just go ahead, continue. Well, no, hold on. Why? Because what's wrong with that? Because it raised thirty six hundred. Yeah, that's what I didn't know. That didn't work for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, I feel like an idiot again. You're not an idiot. Everybody does it. You just didn't know. I didn't. Now, what? Why is this reading thirty six hundred? No matter what RPM I'm at. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. I figured that was just because we have LED bulbs down here. Is it not the LED or is it incandescent? It's sixty it hertz. Here? It's yeah. so incandescent. Does it too? Yes. Really. Yep. I, like I said, it worked fine. Okay, so I guess I'll admit to it, whatever. It worked okay, and it was probably kind of dangerous. I turned all the lights off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's uh, spin up a propeller in the dark. With sharp, yeah. In my defense. In the dark. I did use the the flashlight on my phone. So So we're juggling an airplane, a phone, a throttle. A wide open throttle. And attack on. How could this not be safe? What could go wrong? Well, I am missing fingers for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) No, everything worked out fine. Well, at least nobody had to show up and take you to the ER, so that's good. Yeah, Reggie. Anyway, um, I I did not know that. Like I said, now I feel like an even bigger idiot for the reaction I got from you guys. Well, I mean, let's be honest. How often have you ever used attack? Oh, not very often. So, and this is the first time in my... And you've also got to ask, how do we know it's going to read 3,600? <laughs> we found out the same way. Like I, I just, I was yeah. shocked. I Like when I run engines, you know, out in my little garage there on the stand, I have to point my tack, I have to make a conscious effort to point the tack outside, like out facing out of the garage, because if I point it in, it, it picks up the shop lighting. And as soon yeah. as I see 3,600, you know, turn around. Yeah, and, even... Out in my driveway, I have to make sure to turn the garage lights off because mm-hmm. they'll even reflect yeah, on the back crazy. of the propeller. Yeah, it's crazy how far how far out it will actually catch that. That's amazing. Yeah. Like like I said, I figured it was because there were LED lights in here. Nope. that It does it. Fluorescent, incandescent, wow. LEDs. Yeah. Okay. It's crazy. Well. Huh. <laughs> I don't know if that's me. Well, anyway. Yeah. Let's talk about covering. Yeah, so buy the Monocoat now while you still can. Yeah, let's let's talk about that really quick. Yeah, can you we'll, can you talk about what what? We'll, yeah, yeah. So I I talked to the guys about it. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so long story short, a month or two ago there was a a, a big hullabaloo online. I love that you guys word. Remember, uh, on Facebook that Horizon was discontinuing Monocote, and everybody was kind of up in arms. Um. I know in a previous discussion we had talked about how 
like you guys said, it didn't make sense for Horizon to have two brands of covering, and kind of going down to one made sense since, what is it, Monocoat was... Was their competitor for many, many, many years. And then Ultra Coat is one Hangar 9's been doing, whatever it was. Um, so the story I got um, from someone who knows is that at the beginning of COVID, the, so Monocoat has a little UV-resistant covering film fuel covering thing that goes on top of it well it's like a film on top of the film i right. guess yep. whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um that is supplied by 3m that price tripled yeah so the price on it went up quite a bit on monocote um and that i mean for that time of for that time of history what's what i'm looking for like at the beginning of COVID, everything was going up. Oh, yeah. We dealt with that in, in my line of work. Everything was just ridiculous. Um, so also in that time frame with them trying to reorder, they got to the point where looking at some of the mo- or more unpopular colors, like not the, the normal brown three, yeah, mm-hmm. they would have had about a decade's worth of inventory. Yeah, because you have to meet minimum, minimum orders and things like that. Um, and so... Because of that, they thought, okay, well, we're going to discontinue those, but we're going to stick with the main colors in Monaco. Yeah. They had three or four they wanted to keep going on. Yeah, red, yellow, cub yellow, blue, exactly. white. Exactly. So the on, the so popular forth. ones that Black. they could actually yeah. make it worth yes. selling. Um, long story short, they went to place the order, and the company that I think was somewhere out of Nebraska, I don't remember what the oh, name okay. of it. I thought it was uh, in Michigan, but yeah, either way. Maybe it was Michigan. <clears throat> they pretty much told them, no, we're not making this for you anymore. This is not really what we do. Um, they can make more money making car film and yeah. all these other It's not their primary source of things. yeah. Sales. So it's not Horizon's fault that Monocote is going away. So don't yeah. hate on them because of that. <laughs> it's not it's not anything that they had their hand yeah. in really. Um so I ask about Ultracoat. Yeah, what's the Ultracoat is made in Europe by uh, Aura Cover. Who it was Aura Cover. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah, you know this better than I do. Yep. Um, and that is all they do is just RC airplane covering. So there is no, at this point... There's no conflict. At no least for the foreseeable future, they're going right. to continue to manufacture. There's no conflict in making it. There's no thoughts of discontinuing it because that is what their business is. Oh, good. So Good. So at least we'll have Ultracoat. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say on that. Now you guys can talk about covering because I really yeah, don't I'm know sad, much about Yeah, I'm sad because I, I prefer Monocoat. Um, there's, I mean, you know, it's Ford versus Chevy, right? You talk to eight different guys and you'll get eight different opinions on which covering is the best or whatever. Yeah. And it's not that I think Monaco is the best. It's just the, the covering that I'm most familiar with and it works for my, you know, heavy handed application <laughs> methods. For me, <clears throat> I'll use either one. It doesn't really matter, but given my druthers, I prefer the ultra coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, it works better for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, but I am sad to see that Monaco's going away because it's yet another hobby staple that's yeah. no longer available to us. Right. Yep. So there is, thankfully, um, <laughs> because they had to make such large orders when they, you know, when they called the manufacturer, there's a lot of Monaco still out there, like, you know, in the hobby shops and things like that. So, I, But I expect that that will dry up, you know, as people yeah. become more aware. So. Well, and I mean, like, they still have stock of it. Right. I mean, they weren't completely out when they tried to order it. So, I mean, there's still going to be some that you can get. Of the basic but, colors, yeah. Well, of all colors. But when it's out. Well, there's some out. colors they don't have any more of. Oh, they're out of already? Yeah. Well, 
I guess my point is if you find some in stock, order it now yeah. and get what you want. Yeah. So. Or do, you know, do what uh, do what a lot of other folks are doing like myself and, you know, become familiar with Ultra Coat. Or some of the other value hobby stuff. And I, I uh, as an alternative, decided to try some of the uh, value hobby stuff. And mm-hmm. I was actually quite impressed. It actually mm-hmm. seems to work as well as Ultra Coat. I was yeah. pretty Ron, comfortable with it. Ron and I uh, tried it on the Duelist projects last year or year before mm-hmm. last. Man, it's been that long. It's crazy. I know. Can you believe um, it? And I liked it as well. Uh, well, so. the E-Streak over there is, for the most part, uh, value hobby. Yeah. Uh, the it looks fantastic. New cover? Is that what it's called? I don't know what they call their stuff. China Coat. That's not what it's actually called. <laughs> I mean, that's... I know, but it all, I, you know, that's where it probably comes from. The red and the dark blue are uh, monocoat scraps that I had laying around, uh, except for the vertical tail. The vertical tail is the, the new value cover. <laughs> so. Cool. I mean, I'm I'm happy with when I use that stuff. Yeah. I, I don't have a lot of experience to know the difference between monocoat and ultra coat. And yeah. To know how they apply versus what's better, what's worse, what does curves better, what's worse on those. Um, but with the the few planes I've done, I've I've always, well, really been a big fan of trying to save a few bucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you are. And I don't know how to take that one. But anyway, um, using the value cover for saying me, you're cheap without saying you're cheap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but using that for the difference in in cost, you get so much more for the pretty it's much true. the same price. Yep. That, I mean, yeah. when you look at square foot price and all that stuff for what it did, and for me, not like I said, having a lot to compare it to, I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah. Stuff. The, what I'll miss the most is is the colors, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, Monocoat and Ultra Coat too. They they do a lot of unique uh, colors, and Ultra Coat, you know, toyed with the the printed stuff. You know, the checkers and yeah. The, uh, carbon fiber look and all that stuff, uh, but some of the colors that uh, Monaco made um, or was available in, I'll miss, like the metallic blue and the metallic teal yeah. and the wine and the purple and and those colors because they made great uh, supplemental colors for trim and things like that. <laughs> I made the mistake. Crystal was talking about you know when she was or when we ordered that airplane for, she asked what colors were available. So I got out my old, you remember the old sheets that you could get that had listed of all the mm-hmm. monocoat colors with all the different transparencies, the metallics, the whatever else was on there. And there was a lot of those she liked. Um, a lot of the odd pinkish colors, the, mm-hmm. you know, the blue, the teals, and all that kind of stuff. And it was disheartening when, oh, well, you can't have that one. Oh, you can't have that one. No, that one's out too. Yeah. Um, Back when I worked in the shop, we used to have that color fl- Flip chart, man, mm-hmm. I miss that thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, it doesn't that. do you much good anymore because you can't get any. Of it. Oh, it's ultra coat. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Monocoat yeah, mine never was... gave us that nice. Right. The one I got was uh, monocoat, and like I said, mm-hmm. sure enough, you can't get any of that. Yeah. Those colors, but we did at Brian's. He has a box. Shh! Don't tell people. Oh, never mind. No, go ahead. I'm just teasing. So he's got a box of covering <laughs> that is not on the floor. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff he's opened and used. And right, they're mo- mostly there. mostly they're used rolls, mostly. And he lets us go through there, and yeah, I got quite a quite a haul when I was up there last. We bought ten rolls. Oh, when you and Crystal when went Crystal up there. and I just went up. Um, yeah, but that stuff, stuff none of it's monocoed. At least the stuff you showed me, there's not one roll of monocoed in there. Well, she went through and just picked colors she wanted, and she ended up getting some off the shelf out front, the actual ultra coat colors. I think she got two or three brand new rolls of that. Wow, you but guys. he. Spend a chunk of change on the covering. 
I let her do whatever she wanted, yeah. and I didn't feel bad about buying a plane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you did. You just didn't. <laughs> you're right. I don't. I remember where I put the stuff, but there was a couple rules in there I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember what it was? Microphone. No. That was Talk, one of them. Well, yeah, but that stuff didn't excite me as much. That was stuff she bought. Oh. The stuff I'm talking about was the the colored oh, sol- pack, the, the solar text. solar text or solar film. What, they made both. Solar text was the fabric and the, yeah, you got the fabric over there. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. It's it black cool. and red, brand new rolls mm-hmm. of fabric that's paintable. See, mm-hmm. I've never done fabric before. Like I know it's neat. I like it. Yeah, I know Dave has. That's like all he does. Yeah, um, it just I haven't done uh, monocoat forever. And why, like, why? Because I do scale stuff that's all fabric covered, so I use a lot of SIG coverall. And you do that just because of the scale look or because you like how it works? Well, first off, it's cheap, <laughs> the scale look. Um, and the fact that well, it's And I like the paint. It looks paint. more realistic yeah. than the plastic airplane look. Yeah. I can see that. How, like, compare price on that to Monocoat? Oh, man, I buy five square yards for... God, it's been forever since I've bought any. bucks, maybe? Yeah. 10 to 12 bucks? Yeah. Oh, really? No, but, I mean, to be fair, to be, to be fair, you have to buy the stuff that you use to stick yeah. it. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes along with it. Yeah. But Still, for the most part, I like, it's not so much the cheapness. It, uh, yes, it is less expensive per square foot, but it's the more realistic finish you get with a painted finish. Yeah, I agree. Is it Especially on something scale. Is it heavier? Can it be. Depends, depends on how much on, paint you put yeah. on it. Is that so? The actual like, because monocoat or whatever covering like that is light. Oh, I, I would say per square foot. Yeah, you're not going to get much lighter than the film type cover. Right. No, no. But for a scale World War One, and then the durability like, factor. I dare you oh, to drop yeah. a screwdriver on your monocoat covered wing. Yeah. So those are a lot stronger too. Oh, they they oh yeah. <laughs> so how? What's the what's the basic process then for me who actually, I think I bought some of the the covering stuff the What's it called? Coverall? The coverall. Yeah, you bought some in Toledo last in year. In Toledo last year, but I still haven't touched it. Um, go over just a quick, what do I do if I want so to So your basic flame? prep finish is just like any other iron-on covering. You're going to make sure it's nice and sanded, no lumps, no bumps, etc. Once you get it nice and clean, um, you take your adhesive, whatever you use. I use the SIG Stick It because, well, I have a giant can of it. I've been working out it for years. Um, and is that still available? Yes, it is. Yep. Okay. Well, last time we checked. Last time we checked. Who uh, knows? And this is this is a ago. material that, yeah, you brush on out of a can. It's basically a liquid adhesive, right? You brush it on the airframe, you let it dry, and now you have the heat-activated glue <laughs> that will adhere the covering to. So you like can even putting... spray it if you want. Ooh, wow. I've done it. I, it makes I bet that's smelly. Yeah. I would think that would just get the aerosols in the air everywhere. Um, but yeah, you put that on, then you put your fabric on just like you would take an iron on any other monocoat, ultra coat. And I'm just going to use monocoat as a generic term for any iron. On yes. Carbon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you would take and cut your fabric to the size that you need. Uh, and you iron it on just like any other iron on covering. The difference is because it does not have the adhesive on it. Anytime you go to an overlap, you have to stop a minute brush on a little more adhesive to the overlap and then let it set for five minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, go to the bathroom. It's not a big deal. Uh, come back and uh, iron it back in place. Now, your iron will get nice and gooey, okay? I'll let you in on that little secret uh, to clean it up. Just And if for some reason or another, it doesn't come off. 
for me very well when it's cold. Your iron needs to be hot. I take a paper towel, saturate it with acetone, rub it, hot iron back and forth on it, cleans it right off, and you're good to go. I don't know why it doesn't work like when it's cold, but yeah, that's strange. And of course, don't breathe the uh, acetone vapors. That's <laughs> yeah, that bad you're for you. Up. This yeah. whole process is bad for you, by the way. So make sure you use plenty of ventilation. Ventilation, yeah. That's what's uh, so, so the coverall is what's on my on my uh, softwood camel. <laughs> I mean, that's the process. Same exact same process. process. I, instead of I, I had some coverite. Uh, um, what's it called? Thing I can't remember. Uh, yeah, the cover right version first century, sticks it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but same, yeah. It's 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 literally just like ironing on regular film, except you the added step of your brushing the adhesive on because it's not already on the material. And then do you shrink it like normal film? Exactly, too? and it shrinks yeah. wonderfully. Does yeah. it really? You it's, can actually hear it crushing. Stuff. Yeah, if, if you're not careful, yeah, it, it's very high shrink. The the really? fabric is, yeah. Huh. Yep. Um, and just then, like cotton. I mean, just like, you know, you take unpre-shrunk like clothing and put it in the dryer and sh- sh- the same idea. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought that um, was an old wife's tale. No. You will go through <laughs> a ton of razor blades. This stuff is incredibly hard on yeah. blades. But man, once it's on... It it's, doesn't move. Yeah, you, you have a hard time. I've re-shrunk through. stuff once every 10 years. It's not like Monaco where every summer you go out and you have to... Or Ultra Coat. Ultra Coat, Yeah. Where you have to reshrink it constantly. Once the stuff shrinks, it pretty much stays shrunk. Yeah. Uh, and if it does develop a wrinkle, it just goes away very quickly, easily. Uh, but so anyway, you take and cut it, trim it, just like you would any other iron-on covering. Um, then the next step is you do have to seal the material. It mm-hmm. is air will go right through it. So they recommend uh, that you use uh, butyrate dope. I think it is. Yeah, that's old school. That's old school. I don't use that stuff. I've used it once that way. Uh, I have found uh, much better results with water-based polyurethane. Yeah. And the water-based polyurethane like, doesn't shrink like butyrate dope does. Right. So just like a the aerosol can or no? I just brush take it out of the can. I get a foam brush and literally, actually, sometimes I don't even use a brush. Sometimes I just use a folded-up paper towel and just literally mm-hmm. pour it on and smoosh it around. Saturate the cloth really? and yeah. So it lays a decent finish on them when mm-hmm. you do that? Yep. Well, usually you're going to paint it anyway. Well, then you well, go back. I mean, like there's not like runs and drips. and. If there is, you just like 220 and they sand perfectly smooth. Yeah. And then you'll have a lot of little fringes where you cut and trim. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two ways of dealing with those. Once you dope them or polyurethane them, usually you can just hit them with like 220 mm-hmm. sandpaper and just knock them right off. Every now and then I get a few that just don't want to sand out for some reason or another. I just take a lighter to them and watch them just shrivel away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've done that on the end of ropes before. Mm-hmm. Same idea. Gotcha. Yep. And then once you have that polyurethane on there and got it all sealed up, uh, my favorite is latex house paint. Go to Lowe's, and three dollars yeah. a bottle, and yeah, match up the color you want, and either spray it or brush it, and then it's gasoline proof. It's relatively glow fuel proof. I would for glow fuel. I would. I think I would go ahead and put a top. I coat I on usually polyurethane. Poly, but yeah. See, that doesn't sound as, as difficult as I had it in my mind. It's a lot more work than an iron-on finish, but yeah. the results are much better in my book. Especially for a scale aircraft. For a scale aircraft. Yeah. Like on a Cub, it's, you would not find a better-looking covering. An E-Street covered fabric, good. not worth the effort. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. you got to pick the right plane for it. But, yeah, that doesn't sound... Yeah, it's not hard. Now, we're not, you know, we're not talking about the, the old-school dope and fabric now. They, that's, That's a different, different story. Silk and, yeah. silk and dope or fabric and dope. It's not a lot of, I mean, and that's an art 
really. What's like I've tried that? that before, and that is something I've I don't. I've done the dope and paper. and I like, do not uh, have the patience for it. So it's kind of the same idea. You take your fabric. Well, first you coat, you know, you get the airframe ready, and then you coat the airframe with one or two coats of dope, which is a, uh, for lack of a better term, it's like a lacquer. It's basically lacquer. Clear For layman's terms. Yeah. Like oil-based? Uh, yeah. Type. Oh, yeah. Um, so you coat the airframe in it. Sand it between coats, get it nice and smooth, and then you lay your fabric on top of that, right? And the fabric, you can use any type of fabric. You can use fiberglass, really lightweight fiberglass, uh, lightweight cloth, lightweight cloth, paper, tissue, coverall, whatever type of you know fabric you want to put on it. You lay that on the. It has to be airframe. permeable. Yes, that's very important because the how you actually adhere it to the airplane is you take more dope and you paint it around the edges, and the dope saturates the cloth and then reacts and softens the dope underneath it. And then when it cures, it acts like a glue. Yeah, it glues it all together. Glues it all together. And then and then from there, you shrink it because the fabric shrinks with heat. Um, and then dope, if you apply it with beauty rate, there's, there's, butyrate nit- and there's nitrate dope and butyrate dope, and they have different shrink qualities. Um, and then you paint you know, the airframe with that and shrink it. <clears throat> and then you come back with your top coat like you would. Uh, with Dave's method, but it's a pretty involved process and very, very, very smelly, like a lot of chemicals. I think there's that, even a problem getting this stuff in California. Yeah, there could be. Um, <laughs> I've done surprising. it. I've used it. But like I said, I tried it once many years ago, and uh, I I won't do it again. <laughs> the The fumes alone, like, are very potent. Yeah, I, I remember getting in the shop. We'd order or, order stuff from Sig, and I'd open the box, and there'd be nitrate dope in there. It's like I don't even have to look in the box to see which box mm-hmm. it is. Just when it came in the door, you dope's in that it. one. Yeah, it's very very pungent, and yeah, it will it will kill brain cells. And so that's why it's not done much apparently yeah. anymore. Yeah. Well, and it's an art too. I mean, yeah. to to do it and to make it beautiful. People who could do it, like they can make it look as good as any you know, shiny film covering. Um, but unfortunately, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of skill, which I don't have any of those things uh, t- <laughs> to make it look good. So At this point. I'll stick with the coverall and the SIG sticks it. And, uh, and how it's paint. a comfortable process. Yeah. That's it's not difficult yep. and it's durable. Yep. Easy, that, re- easy to repair as well if you have a boo-boo. Oh, okay. I hadn't thought yeah, of that. Pat- patches are easy. Huh. So there you go. I might have to try that sometime. Yeah. And that I've all wanted. differs from, from the films. You know, I don't know how deep we wanted to go, but go like as deep as you Ultra Code and Monaco, you know, they have their unique properties, but they both share the same, basically the same process for applying them. You just clean up your airframe and then you iron the stuff on with an iron. I mean, it's just at its, at its very basic. basic principle, that's how these coverings are done. You iron them on, you stick them to the airframe, and then you come back with heat and shrink them and make it smooth. Yeah, that's the only drawback to, in my book main, to the coverall is the having to go back and put more dope on your overlaps. Yeah, yeah. And the main difference between Monocoat and Ultracoat, um, even though Monocoat to some degree has these qualities if you're, you know, if you're really, really familiar with it, but Ultracoat has the multi-temperature thing, right? So it has, it has a temperature at which it activates the adhesive, right? So you can iron it and stick it. Which to one does? Sorry. Ultracoat. Okay. The gold or the hangar nine stuff. Um, so there's a heat activation temperature, and then there's your initial shrink, and then there's stages of shrink, and then there's final shrink, which it won't shrink anymore once you hit that stage. Uh, Monocoat kind of works the same way if you – they don't advertise it, but it, it, it has sort of that same kind of range. Uh, but the thing I like about Monocoat is that 
you can go back and re-shrink it. Even after you've like taken the max heat to it, it will shrink again if it sags. Whereas Ultra Coat, once you've reached that temperature, it takes a higher temperature to get it to, to shrink get it some again. more. Yeah. And then once you've reached that max, you're done. You reach your melt point. That's why you see so many Ultra Coat airplanes out there with sags in them. One of the last, I don't remember what airplane it was, I was covering with the uh, the value hoppy stuff. So there was no temperature gauge on there for where to start, and I went online and looked and found the actual temperature that you're supposed to use to stick it. Mm-hmm. I made sure I was at that temperature. Use the little handy mm-hmm. uh, thermometer thing. Yeah, the cover right thing that I'm jealous of, but you can't get it anymore. You have one, right? No, I don't. I'll give you one. I got two of them. Oh, thank you. I bought one extra to have as a spare. Thank you. I thought That's you awesome. had one. I don't have one. Remind me before you go. Anyway, um, and so I went to that temperature and put the covering on. Went, oh, it was on the, doesn't matter, but it was on the Lazy Bee. Um, put the covering on, went right over it, and the whole thing just shriveled right underneath me. So I was way too hot. Oh, my. Even though it was a the temperature they said to use. Oh, okay. That's good to so know. So it's good to test that on another Part. Yeah. What kind of made me mad on that one was the fact that that was the very long piece that I had to cut that was, what, 40, 48 inches, 49 inches for the side of the fuselage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's different temperatures for different colors. Oh, that's frustrating. Like the yellow was yeah. fine at that temperature, but the black was a lower temperature that I needed mm. to be at in order to make it stick without just shriveling up like See, that. See, that's frustrating because the Monaco, like on my iron, and this goes for both of my irons, I have what on my... 21st century iron and also my old hangar nine iron. I have a, you know, the, the old dial. one has the dial, right? I have Sharpie marks on the thing. I always use a sock. Or yeah. Not always, but I try to always, and it takes a little bit more heat. Yeah, it changes the temperature. If it, yeah, if it, but I have marks on my dial so that I can quick reference. I know what to do. But the test is, right, if I'm using a covering that I'm not familiar with, like I think I did this with the value hobby stuff, is you just take your iron, flip it upside down, and cut yourself a small square of the covering, Lay it on your iron, and if it starts to curl, then you know you're too hot. Oh, it shouldn't curl. Yeah, because if, if it curls, first, I didn't, then you just tr- try to, to shrink. shrink. Yeah, man, I'm so glad you guys are so scientific about it. This is how I check my iron temperature. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so typically when I'm uh, working on the airplanes and covering, I typically wear sweats for a couple of reasons. First off, comfort, <laughs> and then I don't want to you know scratch anything or whatever. So I'm usually using sweats, um, and for my initial tack. I will take and my iron and turn it on and iron the inside of my thigh. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? So I've done that. Feels I... if it feels nice and warm and comfy, mm-hmm. that's it, a good tack. Yeah. If it's burning, I'm too. If hot. this hurts, mm-hmm. turn it down. Yeah. So I. That just seems so wrong. <laughs> so it's I do wrong. the same thing. Like so, if I'm, you know, changing colors, let's say, uh, that usually means I'm going from shrinking to a sticking. Well, my iron is, is at the shrink temperature, and I need to cool it So you it burn off. off the extra heat on your leg, don't you? Yes, I do. I Same thing. Do. I, I look like an idiot, and I just wave mine around in the air. Iron your thigh. You'll love us. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want to do that. Actually. It doesn't hurt, especially well, if you're wearing jeans. Just don't do it in the summer when we're wearing shorts. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I can see with my luck, I'd have nylon whatever on. <laughs> melt them to wearing, your Yeah, i just completely shrink and melt Yeah. No, I just stick pants. the iron to my pant and... You know, take yeah. off some of that extra heat, and then now I'm back down. It's amazing there. how fast sweats will pull out heat out. I bet, yeah. Burns do that also. So, so anyway, that's that's in a nutshell covering. If uh, you know, if we didn't go deep enough, then we can maybe attack it later. Well, a, a quick question for you then. Let's let's say oh, you have go on cleaning it up. 
you use Sharpies or whatever on it. Oh. Um, alcohol, take your Sharpie right off. Yep. If you got excess glue and goo and stuff on it, acetone. acetone. For the most part, your iron-ons are all, for some reason, another repellent to uh, acetone. Yep. However, don't get it on a seam because you can wick it underneath and soften up your joint. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. No, I was, I was just going to say, so if somebody has never covered, like I had never done the, the SIG coverall stuff, so now I have a little bit more information on how to do that. Mm-hmm. For somebody that has never covered an airplane before mm-hmm. and wants to do it, mm-hmm. doesn't know where to start, Yeah, let's talk about, really quickly, tools. Okay. Technique. Yep. And what to not do. Okay. So I'll- Don't start with the wing with a giant piece of material. Yeah. Start small. Wait, was that to me? It wasn't a wing. It was the fuselage. <laughs> but yes, don't do that. Um, I like your tip, by the way, about putting the, the actual small piece of covering on the covering iron, because I've never done that before. Yeah. Um, it actually works very nicely. Yeah. Did you mess up your... I'm about to lose my microphone. Well, let's go No, ahead. it's okay. Um, I'll just hold it. Uh, <laughs> we can fix it. No, so... <laughs> if you've started, if you've started if you with a brand... you a big boom, by the way, that's because Tommy's microphone falls. Um, if you've started with a brand new roll... Chances are there are instructions on the roll. I know Hangar 9 includes them, and so does uh, Monaco or Top Flight. The value hobby doesn't seem to. Yeah. I agree. Um, So if you can find those instructions online, which you can, um, they're actually really good, and they apply to pretty much the same process applies to pretty much all iron-on type coverings. Just just like like, tweaks. Yeah, just like Dave said, um, start small. Like start with maybe an elevator. First thing I ever covered with a stabilizer. Yeah, or a control surface or something like that. Start small and... Um, before we get into the tools, just start with the lowest amount of heat and then work your way up. Don't go up and work your way down as you discover. You can always turn the heat up if it's not sticking. Exactly. Yep. So, and, and, an, and a covering material that's trying to shrink on you while you're trying to figure out how to iron it down is not going to be your friend. So start with a lower heat, just enough to get the adhesive liquefied so that it mat, you know, sticks to the airframe. But you're going to need an iron, right? Preferably... What do you mean uh, by iron? Preferably like a, not a iron? clothes iron. Okay, I was going to say. Uh, I, my first three airplanes were covered with my grandmother's 1950s electric iron that weighed about 50 pounds. <laughs> there <it went. laughs> There's the bang. Do you want to um, put it up? Yeah, can you pause it? I can't pause it, but okay. we can well, talk as ahead. you do it. Just turn your mic. Here, I'll, I'll let me... You're now muted, so you can fix that while Dave talks about his first covering job with an iron. A literal iron iron. Uh, so is this one of the... I mean, like, when you say 50s, I'm thinking of the, the old style that really doesn't have a thermostat on it. It had, like, a three-position switch, low, medium, high situation. <laughs> it was a cast iron shoe. The thing weighed at least 10 pounds. That's amazing. And that's my first three airplanes were covered with my grandmother's clothes iron. That's funny. So I, I don't know if you guys have tried yet. Um, I haven't bought, but I thought about getting one of the iron, like the edge banding irons on Amazon. Um, oh, now my mic's coming back to attack me. That's because Tommy's messing with it. He's trying to get it set up. Um, I don't think I have a pause button on here, guys. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, so I've thought about buying one of those, except the last time I looked, they were like 65 bucks. They've gone up quite a bit in price. They used to be a lot cheaper. Um, but I'm curious to see how one of those would work because it has a digital readout. Whereas, like, the ones we have are all analog. Are you back? You good? Turn you back up. Here you go. And I'm back. Way to go. Hopefully it doesn't fall off again. For now. Yeah, we'll have to fix that for next time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, edge banding. Yes. like I said, I, I <clears throat> thought about buying one of those edge banding irons, but... 
They I look like very it. similar to the 21st century iron. It's the same style, the yeah. same size And it has shoe. the same microprocessor controlled temperature thing. I actually used my coveride iron to put on the edge banding uh, in my trailer when I redid all the uh, trim yeah. in the trailer. Right. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Same so, thing, I guess. So yeah. yeah, it worked great. If we ever buy one, we'll talk about it. I had to crank yeah, it up a little bit more sure. like Monocote, but it worked great. Yeah. yeah. Cause see, I know we've talked about and we'll rehash really quick before we go into it. So we got the coverite irons. Yes. And then we also have the hangar nine old style iron. Mm-hmm. My problem with that was the fluctuation in temperature. Yes. They're actually because it's I it's not microprocessor controlled. I don't right. know exactly how it works. I'm not into that. Yeah. <laughs> but there was like a yeah, there was like a good, what was it, like 40 degree difference yeah, between it was, when it turned on yeah. to where it turned off and got to its highest right. heat setting. But they will, it does settle. Like I noticed with mine, I have the Hangar 9 one also, and so I usually leave it, I never turn it completely off with the dial. I just usually leave it on and just unplug it when I'm done. Um, so when I first plug it in, you can hear it creaking and popping as it as it gets up to temperature, and then once it stops creaking and popping, I let it sit a few minutes before I actually start on it. And then I do the thigh test or whatever. Um, or I'll use the thermometer thing that you're going to give me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I made it up, um, so I remember. Um, but mine, at least I haven't checked it now, but I mean, working with it, it seems to maintain that temperature as long as I'm working with it. Because you, I mean, realize that as soon as you start using it, your material is pulling heat away from that iron. So now right. the iron has to try to it's heat up down. and stuff to keep up, right? So I've noticed with my hanger nine iron, I'll set it over off to the side while I work with something else. I'll hear it creak and pop again as it's heating up or cooling off, as the case may be. So mine does fluctuate as I'm, you know, as I'm kind of using it. But it doesn't it doesn't affect you know, how I'm, my process is, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It stays within reason. It stays, yeah, it stays within a comfortable reason where I can work with it after it does its initial heat up. Okay. And so we're going to, it's going to overshoot on its initial. Oh yeah. For yeah. Sure. And mine was, <clears throat> when I was testing them was on for several minutes. It wasn't just first turn on and thing, but I noticed a difference even in covering with it. Hmm. And maybe mine's not as accurate as yours. Maybe my, you know, and it, I mean, it's hard all... to say how they're made. You know, yeah. maybe there's a adjustment <clears throat> in there or something that's, not as accurate. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I did notice a difference to where, you know, in some spots you would be a lot hotter and it would be colder in other spots as you were moving yeah. around, enough to notice like when you were shrinking or something like yeah. that to where it wasn't shrinking yeah. the exact same. And and the more you work with it, with whatever material you're working with, the more you'll become accustomed to all the little quirks and idiosyncrasies of your iron and the material you're using and the tool you're using and all that sort of stuff. And all of that, unfortunately just comes with experience. So yeah, that's you why you can't read something and do it. You right. just got to do it. It's got to yeah. And that's why we, you know, Dave and I both suggest starting with something small like a like an elevator half or an aileron or even or a just rudder. a piece of wood. Or just cover a just piece a of wood. Just a scrap yeah. piece of bolt. And there's a huge difference, right, between covering a a sheeted surface and an open structure seat uh, surface. Right? Cuz now, you know, you've got the a the little. open structure. It's quite a bit. Different. It's quite a bit different. Yeah. The technique is quite a bit different. Like I, I don't go about covering a fully sheeted wing with the same process I would use to cover a wing that has open bays in it. So what's the difference? Uh, patience is the big <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, on a what, fully sheeted wing, yeah. I am not afraid to to use the weight of the iron and maybe a little extra effort, a little extra oomph on myself to press that material into the wood and really get that adhesive in the wood. And I, I'll work on a fully sheeted wing. I will start 
let's say we're working with a with a one piece wing like the electro streak. I covered my upper surface in one piece, one complete. I didn't yeah, do that one is completely covered one piece both sides. Right, and, and I start you... in the middle and I iron it down at the lo- at the no shrink rate. Right at my heat activation with monocode, I know where, roughly where that's at. I iron it down and get that adhesive pressed in there, and then I can come back with a little extra heat and make it nice and smooth. And I don't have to do the four corners and then. That's what I was going to ask. I didn't know if you went from center all the way out. Yep. Or if you still. Nope. I, I started in the, on, on a fully sheeted surface. I'll start in the center or the middle or the end and work from one end all the way to the other. And I guess I, I start at the tip and work to the other tip. Yeah. I guess without yep. thinking about it, that's kind of how I did on the on the lazy bee. I went from the front. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I went from the back because that was more exact on where I needed it to be and then worked my way forward. On the wing? No. Oh. On the fully sheeted Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuselage. Yeah. But on an open structure. I didn't structure, touch the wing on that. On an open structure, the way I do it is I'll I'll work in halves, let's say on a fully sheeted or on a on a full wing. I'll start at the center of the left-hand panel and I'll tack it, right? You say and, halves though, is that two pieces or still one on piece? On a one, one piece, piece wing, but you only iron on half at a half time. Half at a time. Okay, but I guess what I'm saying one, is that, one half of your full sheet of material. Right, but it's a full sheet of material on top. You don't actually cut it in the middle. No. On a one no, piece no, no, wing. No, no, okay, no. that's what I wanted to make yeah. sure we were. Um so I'll start in the center mm-hmm. and tack it and then I'll don't pull it a lot, right? I don't want to stretch it, you know, but I'll I'll pull it kind of taut and then I'll tack it at the wingtip. And then I'll pull the other end and I'll tack it at the at the root, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll do the same process starting in the center. And I'll tack it at the leading edge. You know, I'll kind of pull it taut and tack it at the leading edge. And then I'll do the same thing, you know, 180 degrees, tack it at the trailing edge. And I just keep doing that process until I've almost got it tacked all the way around the perimeter. And then I'll go around the perimeter and iron everything down. And then I'll come back and I'll take heat and shrink it a little bit if it needs it. And then I'll come back and press the material into the ribbed uh, surfaces, um, edges. So when you when you say you start on the outside, do you actually start at the actual front, the leading edge and trailing edge? I start in the center. Okay, but as, as you're going around, I'm sorry. Do you? Because I've done it both. I ways. go I go center. Well, out I, or when in, you get, when you get to the then, the edges, and you're talking about tacking it down, do you tack that down half inch in, quarter inch in, or do you actually wrap it around? I roll it around. I roll it around and okay. do it right on the leading edge, and then okay. cut my excess one. Exacto knife thick, which I guess gives me about a quarter, about a quarter inch. inch yeah. That's, That's the hardest part I have, always have with is trying to get that line cut. So you take and lay the knife on the counter or your surface and slide the knife along. You don't hold the knife and cut because you'll get a nice jiggy jaggy line. That's what all mine look like. So you take, you pull up your overflap, you puncture it with the knife and, and slide that knife along the surface. It's got to be sharp though. I mean, yeah. it's got to be a brand new Mono- blade. Monocoat okay. and Ultracoat both, they will dull a blade like Quick. that. Not as bad as coverall. Not as bad as coverall, but yeah, they, it goes dull pretty quickly. But what I do for, for if I want a nice straight line seam, I take a roll of masking tape and I take a, a line of tape and I put the tape along, let's say, the leading edge. And then I'll iron my covering over the top of the tape. And you can see that edge through the covering because of the different thickness. Mm-hmm. And then I just take the tip of my X-Acto and just go right along that edge. You're not afraid to cut too deep into the, the balsa? Nope. Like I said, I've been doing it a long time. It's, and you're cutting into the tape, really, or along the edge of the tape, not into the tape. But. It's a technique that you just develop. Yeah. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. There's lots of different ways to do it, but that's, yeah, Dave, Dave's way. I've done it that way. And a lot of times I just use my fingers as the gauge. So I'll f- flip the leading edge over and I'll hold the, the knife from underside and I'll hold the first edge of the piece and then I'll just slide that along the leading edge and I usually get a nice straight cut that way. That's what I got to practice on because my cuts are jagged. It looks like a saw. way I get jaggy, however, is on an open structure wing where the knife falls into the bay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It happens. But anyway, yeah. And so the tools, you're going to need an iron to, to get back to that. Yeah. Uh, preferably a hobby iron, but hobby grade. As Dave said, he could. It's doable. It's doable <laughs> with your, with your mom or wife's iron. Um, you're not going to get into tight corners that way, but you no. can cover a wing for sure that way. Uh, or a flat-sided fuselage like a stick. Uh, so you're going to need an iron. You're going to need an X-Acto knife with some really sharp blades. Plenty of blades. And you're going to need a lot of them. So I would recommend getting on Amazon and buying the 100-pack number 11 blade bulk pack. And I think they're up to like 20 bucks. Yeah, now. they're getting pricey. Some people yeah. prefer the uh, single-edge razor blades. I've never yeah, I, it never worked for me. I've never used them, but yeah, some guys do like those. And the nice thing about those is they make that cool. I don't know if you've ever seen the, the hand crank sharpener where you can sharpen the single I have not blades. seen that. That's kind of handy, so you can reuse them, but whatever. They're cheap oh, enough. Oh, I actually yeah. know what you're talking about now. Yeah. yeah. I saw um, a video on YouTube the other day of that. Yeah. Uh, then you're going to need a uh, heat gun. Yeah, uh, and not a hair dryer. Hair dryer doesn't get near hot Hair dryer does nothing. Uh, what I have, really? I have an old top flight. It's actually a top flight um, heat gun, um, but I also have a Wagner paint stripper gun. And I say my uh, top flight bit the dust after 20-some-odd years. Yeah, mine's still going. Um, the uh, motor burned up in it. Mm-hmm. Tommy actually gave me mine. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where I it had came an extra from. One. But... Yeah, so I have a really nice uh, digital Wagner yeah, well, mine's... Oh, it'll go from shrinking stuff wagon. to catching stuff on fire. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> I use mine on low, my Wagner one, because if I put it on high, yeah, it'll melt through covering. Before oh, I've turned melt. wood black. <laughs> wow. With smoke. <laughs> I don't think mine gets quite that hot, but yeah. mine's not the digital. I forget how high mine goes up, but it's something stupid. Um, also, I would recommend... Um, <laughs> they're marketed as of gloves. I don't know if you've seen these things, but it's a big basically a big, thick mitt. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going to be working close to your hand, I would recommend having one of these things, especially if, you know, I've got burns on my hand. I could probably show you right now because I just covered my electro streak. But, but using that for when you're using the iron? Yeah, yeah. So you don't iron the iron, hand. really? See, not I've on done... the iron, just on your free hand no, that I you're using. That. And then that way you don't. I've never used hand. one when I was ironing. Oh. I've used it when I was shrinking with uh, uh, the heat gun. The heat gun. Yeah. I've used it with the iron, too. And you can get them with nubbies that, that gives you a grip, too, sometimes. Yeah. So you don't have to grip the airframe so tightly sometimes, especially like on our electrostreaks. They're pretty small, thin in oh, places. Yeah. So, yeah, having those little extra grips kind of helps, too. Um, but, yeah, an iron, uh, a heat gun, lots and lots and lots of sharp number 11 blades, and patience. Yep. I mean, that's really, really what it's about. Patience and just develop your technique. And I personally don't try to be too neat when I'm doing it. I just cut my pieces off and throw them on the floor and clean them up later. Because if, if you try to pick them up all the time and throw them in the trash, you spend all day cleaning. That's yeah. Just throw them on the floor, yeah. get it over with. And that's another another thing about the technique is don't be too, too concerned about sags or wrinkles or anything like that. Don't be too concerned with that when you're doing the first initial tack down because you'll drive yourself crazy trying to pull all the wrinkles out as you're tacking. You don't want giant bellowing Buckles. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want the covering overlapping itself and then ironing the cover to itself. That's not good. But 
wrinkles and things like that, you can come back and take those out after you have everything tacked down and ironed down. Then you can come back with the heat and take those wrinkles out. So don't don't, don't press waste down a lot of time. Hard on it too. Yeah, don't waste yeah. a lot of time trying to pull. Get it close, but not perfect. Exactly, because the yeah, when you come back with the heat, that's when you're going to make it make it really pretty. Yeah, if you've never done it before, that first time of this looks like crap to oh, I just shrunk it. It looks amazing. Is a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, but that first time you burn a hole in it is not. It's very frustrating. Yeah, I've never I've, done that. I've yet. done it. Really? Every airplane, except for the electric streak. I have, did not burn a hole in that one. I don't know how it's I managed been, that. It's been a while since I've done it, but I've covered a lot of airplanes recently. So, um, But yeah, those are, the, those are the basic tools you need. And then if you can find you know, the, the other handy tools that like a Top Flight used to make a smart stripe, which was a, a thing you would roll your covering onto and you could roll it and it had a blade on it you could put and make nice pinstripes with yeah, it. Yeah, I got a vinyl cutter I did away with that. Yep. Yeah, um, me too. Uh, something that I think is hard to find that I find indispensable for myself is it's an old Top Flight trim iron. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. I have lost the concave shoe. I just have the flat shoe. Yeah. But you know what? Hanger 9, I think, makes one, don't they? I think they still A trim seal do, tool, right? I think is what, yeah, how, what, what, they're, iron. what they're actually labeled as. Yeah. But yeah, that's so. also a handy tool. And something else I just thought of, um, a really long, preferably a heavy metal straight edge <laughs> to make your nice long cuts, like yeah. if you're tr- cutting you out. If you're going to make your own pinstripes or to cut off big chunks of material, yeah, a nice long straight edge that's heavy, like a good steel one like I have. And a piece of foam as a backer to cut on. Yeah. That's exactly. what I use. As, I don't yeah, don't cut on your are, wife's countertop. The big... Two foot by four foot piece of foam yep. is very handy. Yeah. So that's that's really it. That's all you need to get going and then develop your technique, take your time, and don't don't beat yourself up if it every single one of them gets better looking. Exactly yeah. right. Yep. Your your goal should be for your first few, make it smooth enough to fly. Serviceable but not gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It's the a learning experience. Gorgeous will come with practice. And some people, you know, have a knack for it right off the bat. Unfortunately, I didn't. <laughs> I hate it. I hate covering. <laughs> I actually really enjoy it. Um, you know, covering up or coming up with the color scheme and and then getting the you know the nice seams and trying to get you know trim on top of Monaco without getting bubbles. Which you know that's another little challenge. I I uh, I enjoy. There's but... a chemical method for that. I've never used the chemical method for the overlap. I've always just... they say ammonia will activate the adhesive and also give you enough time to. Squeegee Squeegee stuff out. I've had varying degrees of success with that. Yeah. I just, I just cover, just iron it on, deal with an occasional blister. Yeah. What was the, I don't remember what it was called, the, never mind. I don't know. The trim solvent. Yeah, that's it. Trim solvent. Yeah. Yeah, We remember using that down here. (laughs) I still have, I still have about a quarter of a jar of that, and then I'm using that like it's, gold because well, you can't get it anymore can't get it anymore yeah and that's the one that's what i use to take off the marks yep when i and i will be very sad when my I, I don't use it for that now i use acetone for that now because acetone you could still buy yeah i only use that trim solvent stuff if i got to remove the goo you know because it does a good yeah. job with that and acetone actually does a pretty good job of that yeah but i discovered though with acetone sometimes you have to be careful because if you rub too much, you can actually start rubbing the color off. And I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Ultra Goat that I did that to. Mm, I've never had any problem with that. Yeah. I've, the only problem I've ever had is where I didn't have a tight seam and yeah. it got under the under. seam and then pushed the color out. Mm. But as long as it's tightly sealed, it's been no issues. Mm. Okay. But that's it. That's it. That's the basics. That'll get you going. Good enough to start. Yep. Anything else? It's late. We've been going for a while. Yeah, we have. This is one of our longest episodes. Yeah. So we're going to trade transmitters for a week then? 
<laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> we'll see. All right. That's all I got. I use mine almost daily. That's awesome. I should probably do that. Well, the simulator more than anything oh, at this point. I need to get a simulator. But how many flights are you at, by the way? Not as nearly as many as you. I'm not that many yet. I'm still the same five I had New Year's Day. Oh. Yeah, I didn't so. know what you were at after you had your flights the other day. So I had, f- I have four from that day, mm-hmm. and then whatever I had New Year's, which I think was like six. So maybe I'm at ten. Okay. <laughs> maybe. That's fine. I know you're like in the 70s by now. No, no. I'm just over 50. So not many. Not many. Five, 50. <laughs> yeah, 10 times. But yeah, who's count? Order of magnitude more. All right. Anything else? We good? <laughs> nope. That's it. Everybody, thanks for listening. Until yep. next time, I'm Ron. I'm Tom. And I'm Dave. Good night. Good night, guys. Good night. Forgot to turn that up. Plane Lab Podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle. Uh-huh.